Jeff Cooper once said, I have long had a tendency to tie marksmanship to morality. The essence of good marksmanship is self-control, and self-control is the essence of good citizenship. It is easy to say that a good shot is automatically a good man, but it would be equally incorrect to ignore the connection. Hey there, welcome to episode number 11 of Everyday Marksman Radio, the podcast where we talk about tactical skills for an adventurous life. I'm your host, Matt Robertson, a former military officer turned tech sector corporate grunt, and I'm happy you could join me. You can find today's show notes at our website, everydaymarksman.co forward slash 11, the number 11. That's everydaymarksman.co forward slash 11. All right, it's story time. You know, I've been thinking a lot about why people are afraid of firearms and shooting in general, and I feel like it comes down to one of two things. Either it's fear or apathy, or maybe a little bit of both. Now, I have a friend and a coworker who, when I left the military and joined the civilian world, he and I were having a conversation about civil unrest. Now, he didn't know that I was into shooting sports at the time, but we were just kind of going back and forth talking about what would you do in a disaster or a riot or the, you know, we didn't call it the boogaloo back then, but more or less, that's what we were talking about. And, you know, he looked at me as I kind of laid out the situation that was very much my experience from going through hurricanes and seeing what happened on TV. And he kind of looked down at his shoes and he looked distraught and he just said, well, I guess I wouldn't do anything. I just, I just accept my fate. Now, this friend of mine, he's actually pretty far down the political left side of the spectrum, and he's very much of an activist. He's always out helping people and building networks, and that just kind of struck me that he seemed like he would be so helpless in this kind of situation, and I just I just didn't know what to say to that. He would do nothing. Now, for me, that's just someone who's relinquishing control over their own life, and I don't really understand that. Uh, granted, my personality is very much not one who's going to relinquish control of anything, uh, but that's me. Now, on the other hand, is fear. And people fear what they don't understand. And I firmly believe that most gun control supporters fall into this category. Sure, there are some hardliners who are very much just hate it because of what it is, and that's their loyalties, but there's so many I come across who just don't know any better. They see what's on TV, they never have any exposure, and they just fear it. Now, one of the reasons I started The Everyday Marksman was this very problem. If I can teach others to get past the fear that they can take control, then they're better for it. If they can exercise control over their own emotions and their environment, and most importantly, their own personal security, then I have helped them become a better and more capable citizen. Now, it didn't make into the recording, but in the last episode, episode 10, where I talked to Mark Cutright, you know, we had a conversation before I hit record, and this was kind of the realization that I came to, is this is what I really value about what I do, is I want to make people feel confident in their own abilities. If that means teaching them to have those abilities and so be it, but that's the goal. So with that in mind, 
I take every opportunity that I can to take new shooters to the range or just new people to the range, whether they become shooters or not. Yes, that means revealing my interests to people who I might not otherwise say that, oh yeah, I shoot a lot of guns. And to be fair, I probably have a little bit of an advantage because I am former military officer. People kind of accept like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense. But today, I want to share a story from one such recent foray into taking some friends to the range for their very first trip. One of them, Shane, has shot a few guns before, but generally doesn't like them. The other, William, was visiting from France, and as I'm sure you don't really need to be told, gun laws in Europe are quite a bit different than they are here. So this was his first experience ever handling a rifle. So what I did is before the trip, I asked them some questions as we were doing our safety briefings and kind of tech buildup. And I'll talk about what my process looks like for that. And then we went to the range. And then I talked to them again after the range to get their thoughts and feelings about how they thought it went. Um, and the, my goal in telling all this to you is to show you what my process looks like for when I take somebody to the range for the first time. And it's their very first exposure to guns. Because I think this is such a vital piece of keeping people on our side. Now, in another episode, I'm going to have an interview with my wife who will tell the story of how her first range trip went. And spoiler alert, it was not good. And I learned a lot from that experience and I apply that to what I do now. Okay, well, enough of the introduction. Let's go ahead and start talking about what it looks like for me to take a new shooter to the range for the very first time. All right, so before we go, when it comes to introducing other people to shooting, I can't help but let my training background come to the forefront. So I start with a very frank conversation about what they expect to happen, what's on their mind, and more importantly, what fears they might have. You would be surprised that just by talking about these things, people put words to their emotions and it actually helps them immediately start having control over those emotions. They, they, they can put to words like, yeah, I'm afraid about this happening. And then you can watch it in their eyes that when they say, they put a words to what they're actually afraid of, they're like, huh, maybe that's not so scary after all. Now, Shane, for example, lives out in a farm far away from the city, and he was nervous about the safety precautions and all the rules and everything that goes along with shooting at a public range because he has never shot at a public range. He's shot some pistols and shotguns off of his backyard, uh, which, which I'm sure I would be doing if I lived out in the middle of nowhere as well. We've all seen videos of dumb behaviors at the range, and nobody wants to be that guy. Mine would be like just making sure we go through all the safety precautions, right? Usually like when I've shot in the past before, it's with like one or two people and we're out in the middle of nowhere. But being at a range, obviously more things can go wrong, but they also take more precautions. Now, William, who has never shot a rifle before, much less an AR-15, was nervous because he just didn't know what to expect. And he was actually most worried about the recoil. Maybe just the feeling of the recoil, because I know it's, it's, it can be, I'm guessing you have different levels of recoil depending on the weapon, but 
uh, yeah, I just I haven't had this feeling ever. So that'll be that'll be pretty. He good. also couldn't help but wonder about the emotional impact of holding a weapon in his hands and firing it. It can be pretty heady stuff, and I know I'm not going to get into this whole thing about weapons of war arguments because I think they're stupid. But the bottom line is that when I take an AR-15 out of my safe and hand it to somebody who has never held a rifle before, it, it feels like Call of Duty. It feels like, quoting, weapon of war. So I get where he's coming from. You know, safely this much power in your hands, that must be a, a strange feeling as well. So after we have our initial discussions about what their expectations are, what they're afraid of, we actually start the training piece of this. And... I always start with what you probably do, and that's Cooper's four basic safety rules. Number one, treat every weapon as if it's loaded. Number two, always point it in a safe direction. Number three, finger off the trigger until you're ready to fire. And number four, be aware of your target and what's behind it. I have people repeat these rules until they can do it from memory. And only then will I go to my next step in the pre-flight checklist, as it were. The next step to me is I break out an old Airsoft M16A2 that I've got from way back in the day. Um, I like it because it's about the same size and shape as a AR-15, and it has some weight, it has a magazine, it has all the right parts, but it's not a real rifle. So together, we review all the basic features. I talk about the muzzle, the handguard, grip, stock, the safety, the charging handle, the sights, and how to use them. And I have them show me that they can handle it safely, even though it's a toy. Once I'm happy they can do that, I grab a real rifle from the safe and have them demonstrate safe handling, loading, and unloading, again, using a real rifle with no live ammo. I do what's called a penny mag, which I learned from Max out at Max Velocity Tactical, where I wedge a penny into the feed lips of a magazine, kind of push the follower down till it wedges in there, and that way you can insert the magazine, run the charging handle, drop the magazine, and nothing locks in place. So you can have them repeat over and over that muscle memory of how to load the rifle and unload the rifle. Now, even this relatively short safety session does wonders to relieve stress and tension from new shooters because they start to see that there are rules it's possible to be safe. The weapon does not have a mind of its own. And as one of my software students once told me, it doesn't do what you think it's going to do. It does what you tell it to do. That's paraphrasing. That's not fully what he said, but you get the idea. Now, before we left, I asked William if he was going to go back and brag to his friends about this. And of course, he enthusiastically said he would. And I think after we got back from the range, that's even more so. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're gonna say they're gonna say, oh, it's it's so an, it's such an American experience. And I'll say, yeah, well, you know, it's it's uh, you know, from Europe, we have a different perspective on firearms. But it's good to be open minded about it. And and for sure, I'm gonna talk about it. Maybe we'll take some pictures, and I can show this, and I can brag about it. So from there, we left and arrived at my local range, which is Silver Eagle Group. And I've previously reviewed that range. Another article, I'll leave that in the show notes. Now the range has its own safety briefing that lasts about 30 minutes, and it covers. All the same kind of rules that I already talked about with them, as well as the range policies and lead abatement practices when you're done shooting, which is really nice. I've never been to a place that does that before. And, you know, between my pre-range training session and the range's own lecture, I, I think we really drove the point home about safety to the point they're probably feeling nervous that they might do something wrong. Now, in all, everybody really enjoyed the session. 
you know, I taught some basic rifle marksmanship skills and practices and had them go out there and do it. And you know what? William was a natural. He quickly took to shooting rifle and the pistol I brought along, which was a, a Beretta a 92A1. And you know you have someone hooked when they fire that shot and you see that smile spread across their face. And then they want to do that second shot, which he, he couldn't do with the way I do things. Because speaking of that first shot, one practice I've picked up with new shooters is I only load a single round into the magazine for the very first time. You know, uh, when I lived in Montana, I took out a friend and his wife and I loaded a full magazine for the Beretta and handed it to her, pointed her down range and, and said, all right, go shoot. After the first shot, she flinched, cursed, pointed the pistol in the air and squeezed the trigger again. And I have no idea where that bullet came down. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. But my lesson learned from that was you, you never know what someone's going to do when they experience recoil for the first time. So ever since then, when I take somebody to the range, I only load a single shot in the magazine and let them fire it. Let them see what experience, what that's going to feel like. And that way, it's just a cheap insurance policy in case they have some kind of squeeze it again reflex. Now, during our range trip with Shane and William, we made a couple of passes at the, the Minuteman Marksman Challenge. And I'll, I was this close to hitting it on my attempt, but ultimately I was one shot off. Uh, again, I'll, I'll post a link to that challenge in the show notes. Um, maybe next time. But it was a good time. Everybody was smiling. Everybody had fun. Uh, and it was good. So let's talk about after the range. You know, when I'm done with a new shooter for their first time, I take them back and I talk to them and have them reflect on what they experienced. You know, if I can, it's best to focus on the positive aspects of what they experienced. And this is important. You know, in, in the learning world, we call this the law of affect, that when people feel good about something they've learned or seen or experienced, they're more likely to remember that and feel good about it. Now, William admitted that he was intimidated by the whole process of the safety briefings and instruction and the setup to actually getting on the range you know, these big heavy steel double doors and the safety equipment and the yellow lines painted on the, on the concrete. But despite that, he was just also impressed with the professionalism of everybody who was there. So I was really intimidated by the whole process of, of safety and, and stuff, but the, the, the venue we went to was super um, you know, professional about it. So I felt uh, real good and, and happy with my shooting. So that was, that was a nice uh, first time for sure and, and happy to be. Now, since I noticed his big grin on that first couple of shots, I couldn't help but ask him how he felt. That first shot was uh, impressive. Um, wasn't as much recall as I thought it'd be. So that was nice, but it does feel kind of the adrenaline pumps in and then ah, it releases. So that was Now, nice. while we were at the range, I made sure to point out that all of the other people around us were not just some single stereotype. I think it's important to break that, that idea of gun owners are all old, fat, white guys. The truth is very different, and there were a lot of people there for all kinds of reasons. I noticed one couple who looked like they were on a date because she was wearing a low-cut blouse and high heels, so totally not something you expect to see on a range day. And another group was, like us, just hanging out as a bunch of friends and blasting targets. There was, of course, the tactical dude decked out in a plate carrier and battle rattle running his drills. And there was, air quote, that guy who was turning his pistol sideways and blasting away gangster style. The RSO stopped him real quick. 
you know, Shane, when he was thinking about this experience, kind of compared it to the gym. It, it almost kind of reminds me, this sounds silly, but of going to a gym. <laughs> it's like you, you go to a gym and you obviously have stereotypes like the big meatheads who are just like picking up huge weights and slamming them down. But like at a gun range, it's one of those things people don't know anything about it. So they're going to try and explore it and see what it's all about. But then you have people there who are seasoned vets. They have different types of guns for different purposes and they're just there to like hone their craft. But yeah, it was kind of interesting to see the diversity. Now at the end of the day, the biggest takeaway for both Shane and William was that they enjoyed the experience. And that's all you can really ask for. Positive experiences lead to positive emotions and positive emotions means they're going to do it again. I've shot guns in the past before, but I was like pretty quickly reminded of how much like strategy there isn't it even with the pistols like squeezing the trigger and making sure you're like doing everything right but william was really good at it for a first timer so that was pretty awesome yeah i can just see uh, how much the technique is is i mean in any sport i guess you you just feel like the technique is so important with it so having the right posture and uh the right uh, breathing technique was really uh, decisive so much of the experience rides on the other people around you creating that good experience. And thankfully that was the experience that day. Everyone else was friendly and willing to jump in and help out and answer questions. Uh, we didn't do anything like, Hey man, can I shoot your gun or anything like that? But just everybody was just having fun. And uh, even William enjoyed the, you know, the RSOs were complimenting his shooting, especially for a first timer. Everybody else was uh, super friendly and uh, generally again, professional, uh, and, and you feel, you feel like there's this, uh, common passion or at least interest. So to me, one of the most important questions to ask after a range trip for the first time is seeing if they want to keep doing it. If they want to do it again, if the, if the answer is yes, then you have been successful and brought into their horizons and their minds and their emotions and they're in, they're hooked. It does open my mind and I understand a lot now why you would uh, you know, spend time, energy, and money as well in this, in this sport because it's captivating just like anything else, uh, you know, riding your bike, um, playing guitar. It is feels similar in, in this matter. Now, before I sign off, thank you for listening. This was a new podcast format where I recorded snippets along the way and kind of inserted the quotes as I had talked about it. Let me know what you thought. Did you like it? Did you not like it? You can find the episode show notes at everydaymarksman.co forward slash 11 and leave a comment. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to Everyday Marksman via the big green subscribe button or follow us on your podcast media player of choice. One more thing. I want to hear about your first experience at the range. What worked for you? What didn't? Leave your comment on the page or send it to me via voice over Zello. You can find me at the Marksman 13 n All right, that does it for me. I want you to have a great day and I'll catch you next time. And I'll, I'll for sure try it again and uh, I want to learn uh, more more about the, you know, just uh, it's, it's, it's a field that is uh, can be a field with knowledge and you can learn a lot. So as someone who likes learning new things, it's definitely something I want to, you know, get more knowledge on and whenever I'm back in the US I'll, I'll for sure try it out again you said you were going to move on to the 50 cal max right? oh yeah okay. for sure yeah. cool just making sure Gatling gun thought, thought you mentioned just that at some range, point yeah. no big deal yeah. 25 yeah. Yeah, yeah 